A couple hundred years ago, the only thing you had to worry about was a hangover. You're telling me you're an investigator? More or less. Today, because of your curse thingy, you can't sleep with anyone. I'm not a teen. I'm your boss. Or else you might feel a moment of true happiness. You got already an addiction to the brooding part of life. Lose your soul. Except for the bulk of it, where I was nearly tortured to death. Become evil again. You're a demon hunter. Rogue demon hunter. And kill everyone. It's fucking fantastic. I love that sound. Thanks, Cornelia. Welcome, everybody, to Ale with Angel. Uh, excuse me, that's my job. You're Rex. You're Josh. That's right. And it's it's your opening, <laughs> not mine. Welcome to Ale with Angel. I'm Rex. I'm Josh. Today on Ale with Angel, we are reviewing Angel Season 3, Episode 4, Carpe Noctum. I'll carpe your noctum. I knew that was going to come up. Damn. <laughs> well, you're welcome. Hey. There's nothing wrong with being a little predictable. You were like, man, I hope Josh is going to make this really awesome joke. <laughs> and then he did, because he's great. I mean, I always look forward to recording, because I know I'm going to laugh my ass off. Cool. Like Recording the episode is way more entertaining most of the time than watching some of the episodes. Oh, of the actual show. <laughs> yeah. I don't know about that, but um, I'm, I'm, happy for, I'm happy for you. Interactive entertainment is... All, uh, Almost always better than passive entertainment. Okay, yeah. Unless it's one of those weird fucking live shows where they come out into the audience and fuck with you. Oh, yeah. That's not yeah, fun. No, no, that's not fun. Yeah. You don't want to be the butt of the joke. No. Or even just, you know, get dragged oh, into some sort of volunteer situation. That's just awkward. Oh, my God. That fucking circus act that I went to, Cirque Paranormal. Yeah. People, they had volunteers, hard air quotes, <laughs> throughout the show. Like every other act, they'd be like, we need another volunteer. And it was so painfully obvious to me anyway. Like they, these people played it well that right. maybe they're not uh, an obvious plant. <laughs> but to an experienced show business person, right. those were obvious fucking plants. There was absolutely no way. Yeah. Just absolutely no way. Every single person that they pointed at immediately jumped to their feet and were ready to go and walked up onto stage like it was right. nothing. Like they already knew they were going to be picked. Practically. Yeah. Yeah. The, this one girl, he pointed at her and I swear not a second went by. She was taking her purse off and getting up and was like, nope. No, no there, there's got to be a moment of like... <gasps> Are they pointing at me? Yes, exactly. No, real on. real volunteers. There's going to be a moment of, no, come on, like, come on, and not once. Or just, uh, I can't believe I'm getting picked, or something along those lines. D disbelief. No one, no one raises their hand at that sort of thing and believes they're going to get picked. Yeah, exactly. And I've had tons of stage experience, but still, being in that kind of an arena um, with, obviously... Performers that are far superior to anything I will ever be capable of. If they took me up onto stage, right. I would shit myself. <laughs> yeah, I, I have been at a few shows like that. I have never once tried to get picked for anything. Like, no. Yeah, no. No, when I when I was a teen, I remember going to a comedy show. Oh, actually, it was uh, specifically a comedy show with that asshole who plays played Screech. I forget his <laughs> forget his fucking name now. <laughs> 
He's a terrible human being. I don't remember his name either. Um, Something like Justin Diamond or Dustin Diamond or something like that. I think it is Dustin Diamond. Yeah, but it was a comedy show. You saw him live? Yeah. <laughs> and he he actually made fun of me. I don't remember what the fuck. Really? Yeah. Because I we were sitting up close. What a bitch. Yeah. But it was not that great of a show. <laughs> you got made fun of by Screech. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. <laughs> The only way it could have been better if is if it was the guy that plays Dwight on The Office. Yeah, <laughs> that would be that would be. He's he, a he's a he seems like a cool guy. Yeah, though. also a much better actor, <laughs> right? Yeah, Screech was like the shitty version of Urkel. Yeah, well, it's the same vein of character of Xander. You think? Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, the bumbling buffoon. I guess I, not so much Xander now. But first season Xander, definitely. I suppose. I think Xander's, eh, except they want Xander to appear a little more cool than Screech. He was like the suspenders book nerd. Well, yeah. yeah. But he's still... Xander and Willow combined, maybe. First, Kinda, yeah. first season. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so, uh, you know, we didn't come here to <laughs> go off on a third tier tangent. <laughs> About audience participation. So why why don't we move on from that? (laughs) We have some voicemails today. Yeah, we do have some voicemails um, from two, count them two, of our doodle-doos. Yes. Executive Patreon producers. Uh, The first one is Callista. Let's go ahead and uh, play a quick excerpt from that real quick because we promised we would last week. Beep. Hey, this is Callista about Carpe Noctum. This one actually really freaked me out. I was getting anxiety watching this older, vulnerable person being stalked by a psychopath. And that one scene where the person in Angel's body is at the old folks' home or whatever they're called now. And um, an angel in, in that guy's body. I'm so sorry. Is it Marcus? Anyways, he looks at Angel and Angel looks back. And Angel gets the freaking creepiest smile on his freaking face. And I was just like, can you imagine someone staring at you like that? Ew, it was so weird. And then I also had the thought of like, it must also be weird because he rarely ever sees his own face, Angel. And when was the last time he saw his own face? And that must be so bizarre to see somebody being a psychopath using your own face. Anyways. It's really creepy. So I can't wait to hear what you guys think about it. So uh, I guess I'll go first. Yeah. Um, I, I I don't really get creeped out so much by Angel's smile uh, until now that you mentioned it. <laughs> um, no, not really so much as the idea of just being old and having no one to take care of me except the dead-eyed fucks that run nursing homes. Um, it kind of makes me want to have kids. Like, I actually already a little bit want to have kids, but it also terrifies me uh, both financially and emotionally and you know for every reason i i don't want kids i've never wanted kids and i gotta say that i work in senior housing granted i work adjacent to what would be considered a nursing home uh my i work in independent living but i can say this from some experience um and it might just be the demographic because the majority of the people that live in the building i work in are fairly 
wealthy white people, but I'm pretty comfortable in my decision to never have children, mm-hmm. given how some of these people's families act. Right? Like, yeah. No, I think I think that's a bullet dodged for for because we have a couple of residents who don't have any children, and they're much happier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Some more news. Actually, just did a whole episode on should you have a child, and I haven't made it all the way through this episode yet, but. Uh, one of the more interesting things they said is there are studies out there about whether or not having children makes you happier. And the answer is not in America. No, not in America. Other countries, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Because their infrastructure and their working situations. And their culture. And their culture are geared towards making it possible for you to comfortably raise children. No. um, Not America. Not in this no. capitalistic hellscape. It is very obvious when working in this field that the system is built to just churn out workers old people oh also that just it's awful it's fucking awful and these are witnessing wealthy like well-off people who they don't want for money yeah like they have massive fucking retirement i was gonna say and that your place is actually a really nice assisted living facility just some of the shit that they deal with because of their age and the way the fucking system is built. Oh my god! Oh, I need to. I need to retire in a much different country. I think. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, I. Th- and that's the nice thing about the job I have right now is I actually ha- am accruing a retirement fund. Yeah, I think I'll just take that and fuck off. We're, we're totally off the point that, that Callista was talking. Not about. Not at all. But, um, I did want to mention the the bit you said about. Oddly, Angel seeing his own face. I actually will be bringing that up in the episode when it comes up because I wrote that down in my notes before I even heard your voicemail. So that. Yeah, that sounds like a fun thing to chat yeah. about. Let's yeah. do that during the episode, though. Good idea. So we have another voicemail from Audrey Two French Names, our new Patreon supporter. Who yeah. will probably not hear this for quite a while. Oh, yeah, because she's not quite caught up. But she's binging us fast enough that yeah. she might catch up relatively soon. Anyway, no offense, Audrey. We're not going to play yours because it wasn't particularly about this episode. But we did want to uh, mention that you left it and say thank you. Um, because uh, just so everybody's kind of on the same page, it was very much, uh, I love your podcast. Thank you so much. I thought you deserved some money. That's why I'm a Patreon now. Uh, she, <laughs> I love it. I love it when people tell us that they yell at the their speakerphone <laughs> yes. or their, their radios or whatever. We've heard that quite a bit, and uh-huh. I love that. And I just want to remind you that when you do yell at us on your speakerphone, we can, in fact, hear you. Yes. Mm-hmm. We're like the Santa Claus of podcasts. Yes. <laughs> Or the or the Keanu Reeves, really? Yeah. If we're talking, yeah, uh, celestial. Um, I mean, if you're going to be a divine being, yeah, th- there we like, go. That's that's, that's the, the kind of divine being you want to be. Exactly. Uh, she also brought up uh, something about um, Canadians because she is in fact French Canadian. Yeah, and she's quite livid with us for something we said back in season three, uh, specifically about faith. Using the word a boot. A boot. And uh, I am pretty sure we covered this in that episode, but I'm just going to go over my thoughts on it. Again, we don't think that they say a boot like it's fucking South Park from the two, the year 2000 here. Um, but I am going to die on this hill that they do say a boat. It's I'm not saying it right. I can't <laughs> right. say it right. I don't know how to say it right. And I consider myself fairly good with accents, but it's this very subtle, slightly more rounded version of about, um, or slightly less rounded. I don't know. I actually have 
the slightest insight into this. Well, hold on. Yeah, because my acting teacher in college was Canadian and he couldn't stop saying it the way that it's different and we hear it as Americans. And we all made him feel very bad for it on multiple occasions because he got self-conscious about it. Ah, yeah. And uh, (laughs) it was kind of funny. I hate when that happens. Well, fuck that guy. He turned out to be a huge asshole. Yeah. So no, I so a little bit of insight on this. Just recently, my fiance and I went on a vacation to the northern Michigan, to the UP. If you look on the map, it's the part of Michigan that doesn't look like a, a mitten. Um, for those of you who don't know where Michigan is, <laughs> uh, but which, anyway, which is probably nobody, right? But anyway, we we went up to the UP to a cabin and everything, and we had an interaction with one of the people who lived there, and. It was a more Canadian accent of the like stereotypical like satire esque like making fun of Canadians accent than a Canadian accent. Well, the Uper accent is it like very Canadian. It was. It is unquestionably the reason why I think anybody in Michigan or the Midwest think of what a Canadian accent is. It's not. It's a Uper accent mm-hmm. because oh my god. I'd never heard a Canadian accent where I couldn't quite understand what he was saying. Hmm. Okay. And so we... I thought you were going to say you've never heard a Canadian accent that you couldn't keep a straight face through. There was a bit of that, too. <laughs> uh, but it was it was very brief. But we there was a fucking stand on the side of the road giving away free zucchini. And we're like, fuck yeah, zucchini. Fuck yeah. <laughs> so we stopped to grab some zucchini. And they were fucking massive, like bigger than my forearms zucchini. Hmm. But we stopped. And as we like stopped and we were grabbing one, a, nu- a truck pulled up and... The all I'm not gonna try to do the accent, but all it's the dude like, said, "Hey, what you doing with all my free zucchini there, eh?" But he all he said was, "Look at that! These folks are so nice, eh? Wow, these are nice and big. I'm getting a yellow one too, eh? You two, you two have a nice day, eh?" <laughs> and like it was, and I wish I could capture the just depth of the the accent because it was. God, the dude I wish drove I was off. that happy. <laughs> just, oh, they sound he, like, he seemed so happy. They seem like such happy people. I don't get it. I don't get happiness, Rex. There's there's a a video going around on a meme going around on the internet that that goes uh, in America. How do you live by trees but not Republicans? <laughs> and there was a a bit of that feeling up there. Um, <laughs> oh. But th- this dude gave me hope. This yeah. dude gave me hope. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, it's crazy that it's so much different. And you can say you live in the same state as that guy. Yeah. It, oh, it did unquestionably feel like a completely foreign place to us. Yeah. It, it, like, it had tinges of like, oh, this is Michigan. But it was but. it was not home. Yeah. You're, like, on, <laughs> you're on the other side of the bridge, bro. Yeah. <laughs> We're not among the trolls there. <laughs> right? Because we're below the bridge. I hate that. Like, we're not under the bridge. We're south of the bridge. Fuck you. But no, I highly recommend anyone who wants a, a nice, pleasant vacation in, in the hard air quotes wilderness. Northern you were gonna, Michigan. thought you were going to say a nice zucchini. <laughs> also and then that. Just, and then just hand out the address. Dude, we still have some of that zucchini. Ooh. Like... It, it you was better so, make me some fucking Uper zucchini. No, dude, we we have had 
We have had three meals thus far with some of that zucchini in it, and we still have some. That's how large the fucking zucchini is. I believe you. <laughs> Shut up and cook me some. <laughs> All right. So uh, just real quick, uh, that's that's two of our doodle-doos. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go ahead, and I'm going to fuck a doodle-doo, Rex. Get on it. I'm going to read you a full list of all of our executive uh, Patreon producer doodle-doos. They are Audrey, two French last names, Bridget McCloy, Dead Serious, Callista, Allie B, Nathan Lancy, Dulcinea, Rachel Gregory, Rachel Doodle-Doo, D. Sharinghausen, Clubby the Seal, Mr. Tobalicious, Sandra Craig, Jay Sommer, Christina, Catherine Parkinson, Karen Moon, Chris V-Man, Pat Likes Turtles, Scarlet Choi, Bad at Changing Their Names, Heaps, K. Fro, Horse Dildo with a BWB logo, Gnome, Father, fin- Father DeFinistrato, Kelly MC, Jesse Rain, Alex from the Heart, and Carrie Phillips. Thank you so much. Without you, this show literally is not possible. Oh, boy. That's not inaccurate. <laughs> oh, man. I... It still boggles my mind that people want to pay us for this. And it, it, it warms my my cold, dead heart. Cockles? Not my heart. Oh. Well, it warms my cold, dead cockles, Rex. Didn't we discuss this? What are cockles? I don't, I don't remember. remember. <laughs> anyway, it's time for a mom synopsis. Let's get on with this show. Joshua! What are you doing, Joshua? Oh, you know, just out clubbing... Not seals. Doing a little professional <laughs> skateboarding. Also, hookers and blow. <laughs> Joshua, what have I told you about doing hookers and blow? Never in the house. <laughs> Which is why I moved the fuck out of your house. Why are we even talking about this? There's no telling what passes for entertainment in that head of yours, Joshua. Well, see, there's your key phrase. Head of yours. I never said I was using my own head, Mom. Obviously, I'm too old for that shit. So I borrowed some friends' bodies. <laughs> oh, Joshua, you're making friends. Well, I mean, yeah. Right up until they turn into a puddle of mush. That's my boy. Just like his mother. He just uses his friends. Oh, I've taught you so well. Man, every time I think I've run out of material for this bit, something new comes up that has a kernel of truth to it. <laughs> what bit? Why are you always talking like that around me, Joshua? Is this about your weird angel show? What is Angel doing to that poor woman? Did he bite her? Is he a vampire? What the hell is going on? Wow, you paid less attention than I thought. Yeah, because today on Angel who is, in fact, a vampire, you know, fictitiously, but nevertheless, in a desperate attempt to avoid having a slightly difficult conversation with Fred, who is crushing on him, big puppy style, no, not doggy style, get your head out of the gutter, Angel picks up a case about mysterious deaths of young, healthy men in hotel rooms who exhibited erratic behavior leading up to suddenly becoming a deflated puddle of mush. Initial investigation leads Angel and Cordelia to a gym that the three men all had in common. Angel notices suspicious behavior at a retirement home across the street and talks to an old man who casts an Algerian body switching spell on him then abandons him and takes his place at Angel Investigations. The A-team figures out that Angel is not himself after Fred reports him making out with a random woman on the desk in the office. They track him down at the retirement home where luckily Marcus in Angel's body has also gone to kill his old body off with Angel in it. The A-team saves Angel in the nick of time, and they leave Marcus to suffer in his own old-ass body with a failing heart after breaking his talisman that allows him to body switch. 
Angel finally has that difficult conversation with Fred, just as Angel gets the news that Buffy is still alive. The end. Dun, dun, dun. Ladies, gentlemen, spiny-headed little creatures. As soon as the sun goes down, 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 as the sun goes down, down, And believe me, she is still alive. <laughs> cold open on the hotel. Uh, no, sorry. It's not a cold open. Established shot on the hotel. Yeah, I, I wrote that too. There's a quick establishing <laughs> shot. You know, there usually is. Yeah. But does that make it not a cold open? Yes, I, I believe mean, it does. It's the first thing. It's still the first thing that happens in the episode. Cold open typically means, and like I've actually looked this up recently because of writing that I'm working on. Cold open typically means when it it essentially starts when the scenes, in the middle of a scene. When the scene's action right. like starts the, directly off. But like the idea usually is that the scene technically started and then the camera starts recording. I love that we're finally discussing this in season six. <laughs> yes. I'm sorry, season three of Angel, but six of yeah. Buffy. We're going on nine seasons that we've recorded. <laughs> Of these shows, and we're finally like, hey, what is a cold open? <laughs> anyway, uh, open on the hotel. Uh, the gang, Sans Angel, are all kind of just chilling, hanging out, and Fred scares the bejesus out of everyone. I'm going to go to Jimmy John's, and I'm going to order a cold open and see what I get. <laughs> cold open, extra man. Is that like an open face sandwich? Exactly. Yeah. That's my theory. Oh, God, open face sandwich sounds good. <laughs> Don't get me started. Well, hey, sorry to get us off track. So yeah. Fred scares the shit yeah. out of Cordelia. No, scares the shit out, like startles everyone. Cordelia the most, and I think Cordelia being startled and screaming startled the other two. It was a, it was a waterfall effect. Yeah, yeah. Cascade, cascade. That's the one. Yeah, Cordelia is uh, reading a fashion magazine. Fred really noses right up into her personal space. That's how it starts. Fred rambles on a bit about the magazine. Why do girls want to look like that anyway? I mean, I was trapped in a cave for five years. What's their excuse? <laughs> and she's talking about just, you know, yeah. how skinny women are expected to be, even though it's like, even though she is super skinny. But, you know, she yeah, was, she was in a cave in for a cave years. for five years. And now she's been locked in her bedroom for over three months. Yeah, basically. So, <laughs> yeah. Fred starts making small talk about what everyone's doing. Cordelia jumps straight to angels upstairs because apparently this is a recurring theme with Fred. Yeah. She comes only she only comes down looking for Angel. Well, I'm not surprised. Like Angel always responds with, "Oh, hey Fred, how are you?" And they're all like, eh, hi, eh, "Okay." And that's it. Like they're not excited to see Fred or engaging with her at all. Yeah, that's a little sad. Like come on. Okay, yeah, she's weird, but like you're not going to so socialize your weird outcast by, you know, ignoring them. Well, maybe it was just poor timing. I mean, Wesley is in the middle of translating uh, Ancient Sumerian. That can't be easy and requires yeah. a lot of attention. But why would he be doing that in the lobby at the counter? Standing? He wants to stand? He I guess. Have a standing desk? Get a standing desk. Well, <laughs> those weren't really super popular yeah. a thing back in early 2000s, I guess. It's a more recent thing. Probably around, but just not as popular. Right. And Fred assumes uh, Angel must be reading uh, because he's super deep, and um, <laughs> if he must be reading shit like the brothers Karaz 
Karasimov, which according to Wikipedia is, do, are you familiar with this work at all? The Brothers um, Karasimov? It sounds Karasimov, familiar, I don't know, I it's Russian. Re- I can't recall. I know it's definitely Russian. So it's set in the 19th century Russia. The Brothers Karamazov is a passionate philosophical novel that discusses questions of God, free will, and morality. Yeah, deep shit. Um, she also- <laughs> well, and it's probably super sad because it's Russian. You ever <laughs> read a Russian novel? No. They don't have happy. Neat. Like, there's no happy in Russian literature. That's unfortunate. <laughs> Makes me wonder if they're just not doing communism right. Uh so, and the other things she lists off are, are Joyce, I assume James Joyce, and a little, uh, I can't pronounce it right, Gorte? Gorta? Gorda. Gorda, but it's I think spe- it's Gorda. It looks like goth, like goeth to me, the way it's spelled, but it's German, and that's why, and apparently yeah. he's like the German version of our Shakespeare. Yes. Um, so that's neat, and James Joyce wrote a bunch of shit, like um, the Dubliners, a portrait of the artist as a young man and Ulysses and Finnegan's Wake. I think those were the only two I've heard of. I have read three of those. Mm. Ulysses, Finnegan's Wake, and Dubliners. Neat. So, yeah, sounds like cool shit. Let's not go But no, he's not reading that. He's reading the newspaper. He comes down joyously talking about going to the movies to see a double feature. With starring Charlton Heston at the New Art Theater of Soylent Green and the Omega Man. It, it brought up a question. Do you ever wonder why you don't see double features anymore? No. I figured out why. Uh, let me take a guess. Is it because we watch 10-second uh, videos all day and we have no fucking attention span? No, that's actually not. The average movie length today is like two and a half hours. Whereas older movies were like 60 minutes or something? Both those two movies, I checked, both those two movies together make three hours and 15 minutes. Hmm. So. That's basically The Lord of the Rings. Or (laughs) uh, Avengers Endgame was just over three hours. Oh my God, was it? No wonder I needed to pee so bad (laughs) during the final fight scene. Yeah, so like... Going and seeing a double feature of older movies is way easier. Seems likely. Would there be a? Did they have breaks in between? Yeah, they had. They they used to. So you do get like more a little intermission sort of thing between that's the movies. Nice. Oh yeah, you know that's probably where the like the snacks dancing around. Let's all go to the yep. lobby. That's why that exists. Yep. It's like why would a movie send you to the lobby? You do that before the movie. That's it. Yeah. No, that makes so much more sense now. Okay. I I actually wish that, especially because like a lot of these fucking movies are just getting so goddamn long, I wish they had an intermission for fuck's sake. Right? Cause, like, yeah. Serious. Because like, sometimes you have to miss the movie because you got to piss so bad. Yeah. I hate that. You, did you know there is an app that will tell you the moment that you should go to the bathroom during a movie? Oh, really? Yeah. That's good to know. Right? That here, go to this time. You won't miss anything. Exactly. Love it. <laughs> love it, love it, love it. So, um, yeah, he's talking about Soylent Green and Omega Man. Sounds like super highbrow shit. I'm not super familiar with no, either. No, they're not. <laughs> I'm not super familiar with either of these, but... Soylent Green is when aliens come to Earth and... Yeah. And they turn people into food. Yeah, and uh, Omega Man is a post-apocalyptic, he's the last man on Earth kind of thing. I, th- I think all I know about that is when the Simpsons spoofed it. 
Yeah. Dude, Charleston Heston was a fucking action hero. Hmm. Like, he he was the dude from Planet of the Apes. Oh. Oh, my God. I was wrong. Again, the Simpsons (laughs) spoofing it. Uh, He, yeah, like, he was an action star. Good for him. But no, he's super excited. He's like, oh, it's Charleston Heston. You know, it's a, oh, he's old. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. Because everyone else is like, who the fuck cares? Like, oh, fucking boy. But Z- Fred is excited because she's excitable. Mm-hmm. And I just love that she's excitable. But and she would have done any goddamn thing Angel wanted to do. Right. He could have been that like, too. I feel like going bungee jumping. And she'd be like, okay. I think she would have been that excitable if anyone brought up anything like that. Just because she wants friends and she's excitable. Also that. But also there's a third layer of like she wants to bone Angel. Extra excited about Angel. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, Fred is totally down to clown. And Wesley is kind of in the middle of translating ancient Sumerian texts. So no time for entertainment for him. No. They fuck off arm in arm. And I guess Gunn's just playing a video game. He specifically a Game Boy. It doesn't even look up uh, an original Game Boy. Game Boy Color. Color. Okay, good for him. Um, so they fuck off arm in arm. Angel quipping that you may not know this, Fred, but certain friends and coworkers have been known to accuse me of being the quiet, stay-at-home, sulky one. <laughs> yeah, he makes a joke about how the worm has turned because the two quiet ones are going out to see a movie. And yeah, what's that a reference to? The, it's an idiom. The my how the word worm has turned or something. I've like never that. once heard that. She was like, "Wait, I am I the worm?" I don't know the I don't know the idiom very well. Anyway, yeah. Um, Give us a call at 269-743-0783. What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> we don't want to Google it. Neither of us could be bothered to fucking look it up. So uh, from there, we cut to a hotel room where there's a guy with some escorts, and he's just all about himself, and it's good to be young, and he's posing in the mirror and everything. Some swole fuckboy. He's tuckered out a couple of women in the bedroom. Apparently, he was on uh, soap operas for a long time, the actor. Oh, good for him. And, uh, yeah, uh, did tell me, did you get, the way they did this transition, did you wonder for just a nanosecond if they were, if it was Angel and Fred fucking? No. Because the way they went off arm in arm and then suddenly sex noises, I was like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so, I guess it's just me and my dirty brain. <laughs> I mean, that seems likely. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. But uh, the scene ends with the old guy kind of grunts in pain, and he tells the ladies, oh, you know, so long. It was good while it lasted sort of thing, and then turns into a bag of skin. Yeah. Melts into a puddle, and it's like he opened the fucking Ark of the Covenant. His face (laughs) shoots light out of it, and he melts. And yeah, uh oh, oh no! So I'm gonna cl- clean up aisle you. <laughs> <laughs> He's a, he is now a rubbery-looking heap. The women are beside themselves. Yeah, uh, you know, decidedly like, freaked the fuck out, like you do. <laughs> um, I think if I were in that situation and like the person I just slept with did that, I would be really worried that it was like some sort of disease, and I'm. I have it right. Now. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh God! How long do I have to live now? <laughs> Am I gonna melt? So because I don't know if I'm gonna remember to bring this up later. It would be ideal to bring this up later, but um, I'm just gonna say it now. 
So we, we know, you know, big spoiler alert, in case you were using this episode to remind yourself what happens in this episode. I'm jumping way ahead. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so we know at the end of the episode that he call every time he's in this body, or every time he's in a different body, he calls the same uh, escorts. Did they watch him die like this three times? Does he? He, I know it said that he called the same escort service, but is it the same escort? It sounded like they just kind of run their own private service because they used names, two names. I assume that Those was the name of the girls. Poor, poor women. Maybe he only died in front of them the one time. Maybe. And the other two times they were gone when it happened. That seems more likely. But because otherwise it seems like. That would be something they should have brought up. Yeah. <laughs> or it's just a plot hole. It might be a plot hole. It's, it's either a plot hole or they just only saw him die once. That seems more plausible to me. Dude, you got to spread that shit around. Like, <laughs> you're just traumatizing the same women over and over again. Right? <laughs> he keeps steal- stealing bodies so that he can hire the same hookers over and over. It's a little bit sad, honestly. Yeah. Um, or, or it's really sweet. <laughs> he's in love with them. <laughs> I don't know. It's, God not, it's not unheard of. Anyway, opening credits. <laughs> <Yeah>. Jesus. <laughs> I don't want to share my feelings. I don't want to open up. I want to find the guy that killed Tina. And I want to look him in the eye. Then what? So we're in Wesley's office. Fred's babbling on excitedly and adorably about how gushing, gushing at how much of a, a gentleman angel was the whole night. Oh my God. He walked street side instead of building side. It's old fashioned manners. And he opened all the doors and Wes struggles to follow her stream of consciousness. Cause she switches to talking about the movie at one point in time. And, uh, I have a quote of the day here. Fred says, right, and even though he didn't talk a lot, it was still okay. It was comfortable. It it wasn't that awkward kind of quiet. You know that awkward kind of quiet? Fucking crickets. And then Wesley says, no, that's never happened to me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, come on. That was a more Giles voice. That was far more Giles. I apologize. Uh, No, that's never happened to me. There you go. There we go. Well, Wesley is chilling the fuck out. I know, and but it's, like... It's really... It's pissing me off, because I'm like... <laughs> a little bit. Damn it, Wesley. You're making it really hard for me to make fun of you. Yeah. I, I do kind of miss that. Yeah. Like, get your panties in a twist. Come on, bud. <laughs> Just once. Help me out here. He doesn't once get his panties in a twist in this episode. Not once. <laughs> At least not on screen. So, uh... Cordelia finds Angel in the lobby reading a paper and tells him he needs to have a little talk with Fred. Yeah. Because she got the big puppy love. Angel says, nah, she's just enthusiastic. Hold on, I got kind of a quote of the day here. Conversation to set it up. Cordy says, she's got the big puppy love. I mean, who wouldn't? You're handsome and brave and heroic, emotionally stunted, erratic, prone to turning evil, and let's face it, a eunuch. (laughs) Angel goes, hey, how can you... I'm not a eunuch. Well, Angel, it's just a figure of speech. Find a better one. <laughs> yeah. 
fun fact. This is the second time that Angel gets called a eunuch and is very offended by it. <laughs> and specifically, it happens in an episode called Guys Will Be Guys, season two, episode six, okay. which also deals with mistaken identities and such. That's the one where Wesley pretends to be Angel. Oh, yeah. So, like... That's a good one. Yeah, it's, I, I find that kind of funny. And turns out they were written by the same person. Of course. So, like kind of a cool callback to you know an episode you you yourself wrote like i like that either that or the guy needs to fucking think of some new ideas no, woman uh jane something is her name oh okay but, either that or she needs to think of some new ideas yeah, maybe <laughs> but yeah she's specifically known for comedy writing which makes sense this is it was fine i yeah. didn't remember you had to tell me so yeah never mind jane you're a better writer than me obviously <laughs> you keep doing what you do but yeah, he uh, he does attempt to push off telling Fred about it on Cordy. Mm-hmm. She's like, no, you're going to do it. You need to grow the fuck up. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, Angel distracts everyone with murder. Murder? Yeah. I like murder. I mean. You're, you're not supposed to like murder. Oh, oh, I, I don't like murder. That's a bad thing. Murder's distracting because it's a bad thing. Good point. Which... Yeah, yeah. It's, um, whoo. <laughs> Thank you for <laughs> correcting me. So finally he agrees. Wouldn't want to accidentally like murder. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel so much better all of a sudden. <laughs> so finally, Angel agrees that this conversation should happen. Uh, and he, uh, he, he asks, so when can you take care of that, Cordelia? What an asshole. She drags him into the office and announces that he has an announcement. So uh, he thinks fast, and rather than do the right thing for someone that he cares about, he finds a story in the newspaper he was reading about a dead dude at the hotel whose insides collapsed. Yes. Wesley recognizes this incident is similar to another one from a week ago. Angel demands that they open a case file immediately, and Cordelia protests because no one's hiring them to do this. And uh, I mean, okay, she's got different priorities at the moment, but I disagree. Nevertheless, sometimes you got to drum up your own business. And, and for fuck's sake, how many times have they done pro bono cases? Jesus, seriously. Christ. Like, like, if it sounds supernatural, yeah. they should probably look into it. Like, okay, yes, they're available for real jobs as an investigation company or business, mm-hmm. but also. Angel is still the protector of L.A. And you never know sake. if you're going to find somebody that you can charge for yeah. their for your services. Yeah. They didn't in this case. That is correct. But, uh, well, what are you going to do? Yeah. But also, um, Angel needs to stop being a fucking dick. I have a theory, just a brief, quick little theory, that Angel is enjoying the idea of dating a girl without any other aspects of a relationship. And he kind of doesn't want to um, disillusion Fred just yet because he's enjoying it. And I can't blame I him. Know. He's lonely. Buffy's dead. I don't even think that he's necessarily horny for Fred. No, no, no. He just it's... enjoys her company and the idea of being with her. You know? Well, and I think, you know, part of it is he definitely seems to just think that. Because the first thing he says to Cordelia is that. Oh, Fred's just enthusiastic and excitable. Mm-hmm. And I think that's part of it. He just thinks that Fred is excitable. I think but he's think not about that it. dumb. But also think about it. He doesn't see how much Fred gushes over Angel when Angel is When there. he's not around. That's true. So, And this might be the first time that they're really telling him about that. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, it's not like this group doesn't have issues with talking to each other, for fuck's sake. What? <laughs> you mean everybody in, in the entire Buffyverse? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, we cut to the doggy sheep snort snort. Yeah, where we see Gavin and Lila. All right, Gavin, I just want I just want to clear something up here. You're not going to get ahead here. You're just not. You're not because your name doesn't start with an L. That's it, just the truth. And your last name doesn't start with an M. Yeah. You're fucked. Didn't something happen to him last episode or a couple episodes ago, I thought? I thought we were already done with him. No, no, he, we weren't done with him. Like, I don't think it's going to be a while. But didn't something happen to him? I mean, not necessarily death, obviously, because he's alive. But I think it's coming, though. I mean, he looks fine. So I don't know. I don't remember. Um, somebody remind me. Anyway, Gavin, Gavin wants to go at Angel through the legal system. Of course, because fucking dumbass. He wants to play games with him. He wants to be the maze to his rat. And, like, obviously Lila doesn't think it will work. And just, like, you know, Angel just might kill you, dude. Don't be a dumbass. The last person in your position lost his hand. Right. <laughs> so, you know, you maybe you should take this a little more seriously. And they kind of ended up being friends. Yeah. Or at least having a mutual respect for one another. Right. Um, But... I, I'm kind of curious about Gavin's theory of whether or not Angel even exists on paper. Right. Outside of having legal troubles with the police. The, the big thing here, though, is like, how long has Lila been doing this? Three years, yeah. for fuck's sake. You think maybe, maybe she would have thought of that? to her. Yeah. Like, Gavin, I don't like him as a character because, he, like, sure... Okay, evil lawyer, they're supposed to be smug sons of bitches, but like he's also an idiot and a smug son of a bitch. Mm-hmm. Cause like And he thinks he's gonna solve this problem with bureaucracy. Yeah. And he's not. Yeah. Tell me tell me that's not just a really boring fucking concept for a TV show anyway. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine an episode of the Smurfs. <laughs> where they have to just fill out a bunch of annoying tax paperwork <laughs> what the fucking smurfs and uh what what's the fucking guy's name i, I keep wanting to say gargamel Gil- gargamel i wanted to say gilgamesh uh, <laughs> two very different characters very different characters <laughs> similar names yeah uh gargamel yeah he's just <laughs> sitting up in his tower going <laughs> i sure made those Smurfs do a lot of paperwork. I'm going to send them the tax collector. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just it's 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 not a good concept. No. If you can't put it into an episode of the Smurfs, <laughs> it's a bad concept. <laughs> the fuck brought up the Smurfs? This is a hill I am dying on. <laughs> <laughs> this is the the standard rubric of all television and movies from here on out and always has been this is new to me i'm retrofitting that this is new to me we've been doing and we've been doing this for like five fucking years for fuck's sake no rex i've i talk about this all the time you just haven't been paying attention i mean that's possible (laughs) so yeah like you said lila's like well he might just rip out your throat and gavin's like do you think he'd do something that cliched 
Maybe he doesn't fucking care. Maybe you don't know him as well as you <clears throat> think you do. Is that, well, neither do you, Gavin. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> so Lila yells at her secretary to get a guy on the phone who's a graphic artist and a forger. Yeah. And uh, I guess we'll see what that's about when we get there. Um, my bet. Okay, obviously I know now, but I'm I'm bet I was betting at the time uh, before I knew exactly what she was going to do with this um, that she was going to make up some kind of legal profile for angel that gives him like you know a social security number and all that shit um just to get gavin to go fuck himself right um and that's it's kind of it's pretty close to what she does so we go back to the hotel and the gang's kind of talking about their research and everything um turns out there were three victims so far Mm -hmm. Um, and all three were members of the same health club and that's pretty much the only thing that ties them together yeah um aside from being like apparently fit young attractive men right and he got that information from staff at the hotels um and it was all expensive hotel rooms uh wes goes off to talk to the coroner uh he sends angel and cordelia to sniff around at the gym that all three of those guys had a membership at and fred gets left behind as they all break off to their respective assignments it's a little bit sad it's a little bit sad but you know until she really finds some firm footing in her role in angel investigations that's gonna happen yeah she's currently just a resident of the hotel right not really so much part of the team itself right she's working up there she'll get there she'll get there cut to the gym yep the gym the gym sure why not yeah (laughs) so Cordy rambles on about how Angel's fucking around irresponsibly with Fred's emotions and how everyone knows that he keeps his work life separate from his, excuse me, there are hunky men to be interviewed (laughs) while I am on the clock. (laughs) You fucking hypocrite, Cordy. (laughs) Jeez. To be fair, this is, this is her character. (laughs) It was, it was funny. Yeah. I liked it. It No, and she 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 rushes off to go Google the hunky men and interview them. Sure, for she's their doing phone that numbers. Too. She needs she's their doing phone that numbers too. very specifically. Well, and she's got to ask them questions and find out which ones you know are the right ones to hit on. And all sure, that. like what are you doing this weekend? <clears throat> yeah. And yeah, can uh, you bench me? <laughs> <laughs> I think they can all bench her. Yeah. Meanwhile, Angel strong arms an employee into showing him the records of the guys who died. I want to bring something up here. Is it HIPAA? Uh, no, it's not HIPAA. Well, obviously, it's um, not medical related. No. So the dude's like, oh, hey, do you want a, a trial membership of six months for $350? I checked for inflation. That would be 615 bucks today. Yeah, I was like, that doesn't sound like a good deal. That makes it $1,230 a year. A year. And that's a trial membership. So, like, <laughs> the price probably goes up after the trial membership. Yeah, because right now, um, most people are only paying about $150 a year for a Planet Fitness membership. Right. And, like, the gym my fiance and I go to, like, grand total, it's going to be running us, uh, like, 600 bucks. Mm-hmm. Um, But we specifically don't go to Planet Fitness. But also, that's for two people. Yeah. That's for two people uh-huh. and a much more pleasant gym than fucking Planet Fitness. Yeah. But Jesus Christ, fucking L.A., man. Right. 
I, th- I think that was part of the joke, honestly. Yeah. Well, yeah. He was trying to make it sound like a deal, but it obviously wasn't. Yeah. But yeah, Angel basically like strong arm intimidates this dude into, you know, helping him out, which it's he's used this tactic before where he just walks in with the right attitude and commands like he's a boss. Well, and he uh, specifically was like, does your gym condone steroid usage? The guy's like, what? No. And that scared him right into cooperating as much as he needed him to. And so they figure out that uh, the only thing these guys had in common at the gym anyway was that they were all in this one Pilates class. And so he shows them the classroom uh, that they were all in together and notices a uh, angel is looking out the windows across the street and he notices this reflective glint that is uh, appears to be binoculars across Ah, the street. Ah, peeping Tom. Ah, peeping Tom across the street in a retirement home. And he's like, uh, okay, bye. And he fucks off to go check that out, leaving Cordy there with her hunky men. Yeah. We get a, a brief little snippet of, you know, Cordy enjoying interviewing the hunky men. And she's like, oh, he, he's just somebody I work with. Yeah. So, um, and it sounds like she doesn't even drum up a date from this. She does get phone numbers, though. Yeah. <laughs> Could work out later. So, did you notice, by the way, because it it does it shows her interviewing these guys twice. The first time she only is interviewing two people. The next time it's five. I did notice there were like, quite a group of dudes. It's slowly a crowd growing. <laughs> well, are those interviews to date that girl? I'm in. Well, <laughs> you're not real. Or I'm not real. Anyway, uh, he tells Cordy to pick him up later, um, and he fucks off. And then we're over at the retirement home. Yes. Angel chats with this old guy. He finds the right dude immediately, but we can't quite tell right away. Right. Um, uh, specifically, the room of Marcus Roscoe. Roscoe. Yes. I didn't catch his last name. Okay. And so he's he's like, do you mind if I come in and uh, ask you a few questions? And he just turns around and um, he has to turn back around and invite him in, but he doesn't understand why. He just thought Angel was being shy. And uh, so his story is that he's a retired salesman who just likes to watch because Angel notices the binoculars. Yep. Well, first, first the he does kind of deny, but the moment Angel picks up the binoculars, he's like, "Oh well, yeah, come on, I'm old, I'm trapped in this room. What do you fucking expect? What's the harm in watching?" <clears throat> I'm surprised it didn't go the direction of like being a bird watcher because like that's a thing old people do, right? Yeah. I'm sure there's so many birds on that street where there's no trees. No, there were trees. Were there trees? Yeah, there were trees. Oh, there's no trees in California. Ask anyone. (laughs) No, there are because there was that whole debacle with the studios cutting trees during the the, uh, protests. Oh, I didn't know that. Not the protests, the, the strike. Hmm. Yeah, the studios cut a bunch of trees to to get rid of all the shade for the the writer's strike. Oh, those fuckers! Yeah. Oh, it 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 bit him in the ass hard. Oh, good. Which, by the way, uh, they won. The Writers Guild won. Thank fuck. They they got everything they wanted. Thank fuck. They they've, took fucking long enough. It well, 
my favorite piece of information about that was that uh, the studios were like, oh, we'll starve these guys out. But because of the conditions and the lack of pay that these people have been getting, they'd been living on, a, you know, a fucking thin edge financially for years. Right. So, like, they were already prepared for not having any money. Right. They're like, guess what, fuckers? <laughs> we're professionals at being broke, and that's your you fault. You conditioned us for this, you bitches. You did this to yourselves. <laughs> I fucking love that. Yeah. That is fantastic irony. And, and there's talk that the Actors Guild is going to win absolutely everything they want as well. Oh, fuck, I hope so. Um, oh, the actors as opposed to the writers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was sag, like, well, sag, sure, you already said that. Yeah. Sag after it. Yeah, sag yeah, after. yeah. Good. Good, yeah. good, oh, good. It's fantastic. Good, I love it. Yeah, fantastic. So happy that unions are coming back into into the mainstream. Yeah, thank fuck. Um, I want a union job. Good luck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he says he only likes to watch. Uh, you know, Angel shows him these pictures of three dudes, and he's like, have you seen anything with these guys? He's like, nope. I'm more of a more of a girl watcher, you know. You yeah. know what I mean. And uh, Angel notices some occult paraphernalia, and specifically a, a some Nothian herb jar. Yes, and specifically also notices some sports magazines with bungee jumping and such. Yeah, do you do a lot of bungee jumping there, uh, <laughs> Marcus? Yeah. So when Angel starts to push the issue, and the dude's like, you know. More than you might think. I appreciate that uh, he's not being coy or anything. He's not really covering his tracks. He obviously just doesn't give a shit. Right. Um, and we figure out why he doesn't give a shit is because he quickly takes Angel's body. He's got the power. <laughs> and now he's going to have Angel's body because he yeah. whips off his glasses, stares Angel dead in the eye and chants some hocus pocus bullshit. Angel scoffs. He's like, you might want to think twice about wanting to cast a and the, the light flashes back and forth between their faces and uh we see some bluish gaseous shit fly out of angel's face in the old man it old must man be friday <laughs> freaky friday right exactly <laughs> um old man finishes angel sentence uh kind of sort of he's like you are me <clears throat> so now possessed angel immediately headbutts and knocks out the old man containing angel's soul now and he wanders out the front door to the retirement home, somehow seeming smarmy and sleazy. Uh, Cordelia hollers at him from the car. Yep. It's like, hey, did you find anything? And Possessed Angel, uh, whom I will from here on out refer to as Pangel. <laughs> uh, the subtitles called him Fake Angel, which I really enjoyed. Fuck that. I'm going with Pangel. So Pangel clearly has no idea <laughs> who she is, but rolls with it because she's hot. Well, yeah, he definitely misunderstands the situation because she's like, um, oh, we're, we're going to go back to the hotel. And he's like, ooh, a hotel, huh? Mm -hmm. Well, he does handle her question fairly well about, hey, did you find anything? And he's like, nope, nothing didn't pan out. How about you? Yeah. Then she's like, all right. Yeah, I didn't find anything either. I'll take you back to the hotel. Ooh, yeah. The you hotel. and me. All right. She's like, are you okay? He's like, I've never been better, baby. And she doesn't notice anything I'm weird about this. I'm glad that this guy's a bad guy because I hate him. Yeah. <laughs> Angel, I mean, David Boreanaz probably actually lived in L.A. for a while and yeah. knows how smarmy, dickish people are. Yeah. Like, oh, that kind of fucker. Got it. No problem. And now we're back in the Hyperion lobby. Yep. 
Uh, they walk into the lobby. Uh, what'd you call him? Fangel? Pangel. Pangel. For possessed. Ah, possessed. Okay. Okay. Pangel. Also, he likes uh, pain. Well. I don't know. Well, his name is Marcus. Right. But. Well, I'm calling Marcus with angel soul in him, Mangel. You mean angel's body? Marcus Angel. No. Mangel. I like Mangel. No, Marcus's body with Angel's soul is Mangel. Oh, okay. Uh, Angel's body with Marcus's soul is Pangel, possessed Angel. <sighs> anyway, <laughs> okay. um, he misunderstands the situation, of course, not realizing that this isn't a real hotel. Uh, walks up to the desk, pre- hits the little bell. Ding, ding, ding. Um, Service around here is terrible. Wonders why Cordy is walking behind the desk. Notices business cards, realizes that, oh, this isn't... This isn't an actual hotel. Yeah, he th- well, he first thinks they're there to book a room for the night, but Cordy's like, looks like she's running the place, and uh, she doesn't think anything of him. She, I guess she just thinks he's fucking around. Maybe. And then she mentions Wes and Gunn. I wonder if they found anything, and uh, then he sees the business cards and puts two and two together, yeah. remembering that Angel had said that he was part of an investigation team, mm-hmm. not a cop. And he finds Cordelia's business card specifically, and he's like, oh, Cordelia. And she looks up. He's like, have I ever told you you're a very beautiful woman? Which is And re- she just rolls her eyes at it. She's like, sure, haha, yeah, whatever. You're not getting out of talking to Fred. And then she, yeah, she segues <laughs> into Angel having that conversation with Fred about not having a room for romance in the workplace. He, of course, assumes that Fred is a man. Yeah, and so th- this gets us a quote of the day. He says, romance with Fred? So I'm a, looks down at himself, obviously. Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. Great delivery on that line. <laughs> I, like, it actually had made me pause, and, like, I had a good laugh on that I was that like, one. is it the leather jacket? Not dressing like a slob? And then I was like, well, actually, yeah. Okay, that, yeah. that'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. It's that the it hair gel. We know perfe- it. It's perfect the hair sense. gel. Is <laughs> this perfectly styled hair every time? I'm still curious how he does it if he doesn't have a fucking mirror. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't look too terribly difficult to do. You just run your fingers through it. You're good to go. Hey, Alex asked me the other day when we were recording and we we record on a Zoom call. Alex was like, how do you style your hair? <laughs> and I, I was like, oh, honey, I got bad news for you. I don't. I generally just wake up. <laughs> and they, they were like, you're telling me you roll out of bed and your hair looks like that. And I'm like literally exactly that see i don't have to style my hair either um like i put it up like i have it now but usually when i wake up i just it's fine because i have a haircut that i specifically aimed so that i don't have to do that shit good for you it's important to me (laughs) i don't like fucking with my hair very much ditto yeah that's why i let it go for like six months at a time cut it really short and then wash rinse repeat yeah no pun intended (laughs) Uh, cut back to the retirement, retirement home where Angel, sorry, Mangel, you said? Yes. Mangel wakes up from uh, being knocked out. Uh, he's the old man now. I like this. So he gets up. He immediately g- walks to the mirror. 
and realizes he can't see, so he has to put his glasses on. I have multiple questions. One, why the fuck would a vampire ever walk to a mirror he as his first thing? To go to the mirror. And yeah. second, how can he find the mirror? He can't fucking see. He doesn't know the room that well. Did you write us a plot hole emporium, Rex? No, I didn't, but it bothers me. Well, for fuck's um, sake. But because it's two, it's a twofold problem here. One, why the fuck does he even think to look in a mirror? And two, he hasn't seen his reflection for a long fucking time. It's going to be weird when he sees his own body and he sees himself for the first time in a long fucking time. With the exception of that one time where he had a day where he was alive. Oh, yeah. It didn't actually happen. Yeah. It was all a dream. Oh, yeah. I saw a meme about that recently. Uh, but aside from that, he hasn't seen his reflection in hundreds of years. Right. So, like, it would, I imagine, be very trippy later when he sees himself, mm-hmm. you know. Oh, yeah. Like, he sees him, his his reflection for the first time in hundreds of years. I didn't even think about it that way. Like, yeah. seeing yourself. Um, yeah. Anyway, would be fucking weird. Exactly. And like, it would be extra weird for him because he does, like, does he really know what he looks like? Because think about that. If you can't see yourself in a mirror, you don't really know what you look like. And you could have people do drawings. Yeah. Does he, though? Exactly. Does he? But also, on top of that, hundreds of years of not seeing yourself, like, that shit would kind of fade from your head. Oh, yeah. Like, you start to forget people's faces. Exactly. If you don't see them long enough, it's weird. And but it would I, be very easy, like, know very possible to forget your own face. Yeah. But uh, the only reason it doesn't happen to us is we obviously, like, have mirrors and we see our face all the time. Yeah. Yeah. But it just, th- and this is what uh, Callista mentioned in her voicemail was, like, this whole thing of, like, it would be really freaky in his position to see himself for the first time in hundreds of years. It, yeah. Like, I'm okay, I'm I, actually I really sad they didn't make any mention of it in this episode. Yeah. I think it would have been a little interesting I didn't and catch- add a little extra layer of the setting so to speak i didn't catch that part of the voicemail but yeah that's definitely an extra layer there as for angel running to the mirror immediately you know thinking to run to the mirror at all um and what was the other part of it the fact that he doesn't have his glasses on so he probably wouldn't know where the mirror is in the first how does he find the mirror if he doesn't have the glasses on because he doesn't know the room because he's not lived there uh yeah the only answer i have for you is Shut the fuck up. It's a TV show. I know, but it's like, yep, that's that's a plot hole emporium. Not a it is. not a big one. Not but, a big enough one to, to warrant anything. But, but it's we've still certainly like, taken up enough time that we could yes. have put a plot hole emporium in there. So my just the last thing like, is still like missed opportunity, I think, to have that a moment where he actually sees himself and remarks on being able to see himself. The whole episode feels a little thin, honestly. Well, yeah. But what are you going to do? I was hoping for some demon fighting tonight, but I wound up with a delivery job instead. If I come back here on the end of a spatula, I'm expecting some serious workman's comp. I'm just messing with y'all. He wanders downstairs and uses a phone on a desk to call the office, hoping the the office of Angel Investigations, hoping to get a hold of Cordelia, uh, and starts to leave a message. But Pangel hears the message and picks up. Yep, and mocks him a little bit, and then hey, don't get caught by Ryan. Yeah, he taunts him. He's like, "How's my head?" 
uh, you should put some ice on it, or I hope you put some ice on it, something like that. Man, Cordelia is so hot, or some shit. Don't worry about anything, just eat some nice soft foods and stay out of Ryan's way. And just at that moment, a hand reaches over and takes the phone out of Mangel's hand and hangs up. And he's like, well, there go your phone privileges for the month. And now your back's going to hurt because you just pulled landscaping duty, Grandma. <laughs> Christ almighty. Do you remember fucking Happy Gilmore? Happy Gilmore? Yeah. Yes. I told my grandma that story. <laughs> I basically told her about that scene of that movie. She thought it was hilarious, even though she's staring down the barrel of having to go to a nursing home. Yeah. Also, you know, legally, you can't bar people from using the phone. It's not prison. Uh, exactly. I was, that was the very next thing I was going to say. I was like, can you fucking do that? I don't think you can really do that. Um, no, you cannot. Like, he should have a phone in his room. Why couldn't yep. he just call from his room? <laughs> I mean, I have heard some shit about how terrible nursing oh, homes yeah. can be. There are but. there are some god-awful ones, but it, it like... No, you wouldn't want to do that to anybody. Yeah, so Ryan walks back uh, uh, with uh, Mangel to his room, telling him to maybe keep it to himself next time he thinks he's a famous skateboarder, unless he wants to wake up in the ISO in restraints again. What is the ISO? Do you know? Um, No idea. All right, well, fuck that. ISO. Second of all, what the fuck kind of nursing home is this? Right. Like, <laughs> we're going to restrain you. For having an episode, um, and not even like a violent episode, just dementia, clearly have some kind of like, dementia yeah. or Alzheimer's. Like, just shoot me if I ever have to live like that. Because Again, yeah, they're not fucking prisoners. Oh, like, this is just a terrible-ass nursing home. Yeah, the, the, when Callista was talking about, you know, being afraid of, you know, Angel when he smiled at him or whatnot, and you'd mentioned being afraid of being old. Um, my, like my biggest fear in this area is getting dementia. Yeah. Like if I do get dementia, I want the kind of dementia where I don't know that I have it. Cause there are, there's two types of dementia. There's the people with dementia who know they have dementia and there's the people who don't realize they do. The one where they don't realize is way kinder. Sounds way like Way kinder. Yeah. Great. Um, more knowing you're losing your shit is awful yeah more things to keep me awake at night cool sorry about that so uh cut to wesley's office yes where cordelia wakes up pangel who nodded off on the desk and uh he's pretending to look for a case file but cordelia assumes that he means the one that they're cur currently working on he was just making some shit up well no i think he actually was looking for that case file well he was snooping to try and figure out whatever he can i think well yeah but maybe he was actually looking for that specific case file because that he must know that they're onto him at least a little bit. She goes to hand it to him, but then she pulls it back and she's like, ah, ah, ah. you got to talk to Fred first. Not until you have that talk with Fred. So just as Wesley comes in with a fucking teapot, yammering about how there's nothing like a proper brew you can't replicate with a bag. Um, or, I'm assuming he meant like loose leaf tea. Like a tea bag. Yeah, I think he's talking about unfiltered tea that's a better and I mean, it, it would be loose leaf. It's higher quality tea leaves. It's the sure. same shit. Just tea bags are, you know, dregs, essentially. Yeah. And but either way, it's uh, from this guy's perspective, like the gayest British shit you can think of. I, I like to think that this is just a reoccurring thing that comes up with him. Like, think about it. He's been here for years and 
I just think every now and then when he brews a pot of tea, he goes on about, you know, good tea and bad bad tea. I think it's funnier if this is a something he goes on about on a regular. Uh, canonically, in terms of the character, very probably, whatever you want to call that, the very next thing that happens is an extremely awkward homophobia scene Yeah, where Pangel is telling Wesley thinking that he's fred yep that he wants a clean slate and no more funny business it is it's super fucking awkward and i really fucking wish we had any insight into what wes is thinking through this scene i think we have lots of insight into what wes is thinking in this scene just based on his i loved his reactions oh it was great this his slowly sitting up straight like what the actual fuck are you on about, Angel? Um, but he clearly doesn't actually... F- I don't think at any point his mind went to what Marcus was thinking. Right. Because he's clearly insinuating gay sex. Yeah. Um, it's like, whatever we did. It's like, okay, all right. <laughs> yeah. I. It's a, it's a very awkward scene. Yeah. it's And kind of painful. It, it was a little bit painful. It was a little bit funny, but mostly painful. Yeah. It didn't age well. No, it didn't. <laughs> uh, it's, it's very homophobic. Yeah. and But I did really enjoy Wesley's reactions to this. Uh, but they, they hug at the end of it, and just as they hug, Cordy calls from the front, uh, calls Wesley for food, and that's when uh, Marcus realizes that, oh, this, this person's named Wesley. Oh, you're not Wesley. Not Fred. Hey, where would where is Fred? Uh, up in her room, I would presume. Oh, her, her room. Thank fuck. <laughs> God. Um, and then he's he's visibly relieved to hear the pronoun she. Yeah. And then uh, they go out to the front. Marcus mistakes gun for a delivery boy and gives him a tip. <laughs> and Gun's not too mad about it. He's like, no, like, all right, <laughs> free money, sweet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and. Marcus grabs a breakfast burrito and starts eating and like Cordy asks him, why are you eating? And he says, well, because I'm hungry. I'm hungry. And they give him some looks, but no one like stops and goes, this is weird. Angel has been known to eat occasionally. Yeah. Especially when he's in a manic mood. And I think that's what they're all thinking is going on here. Yeah. So it's actually plausible based on historical episodes that that's what they think is they going are on here. side-eyeing the fuck out of him though. absolutely <laughs> and uh so cordelia asks gun if he got any info he goes on about uh he talked to the host hotel staff about the guys who died and they ran up yep. bills on mostly alcohol and that they all called the same phone number for an escort service or wesley notices that on the bill um but gun also noticed it and so marcus is eating a burrito and going on about how man the don't these people deserve some privacy? And they're like, um, what? <laughs> That's when she asks him why he's eating. Yeah. And of course. And and this is where we're first realizing that he doesn't know that he's a vampire. Right. And I'm like, oh, man, I can't wait for him to go out into some sunlight. I, they didn't do that at all no, this they episode. Didn't. It's, it's a, a little disappointing. Yeah, a little bit. And it's not great, but I found it humorous how... Uh, Gun's like, oh, I'll go talk to the escorts. And then Wes is like, actually, no, I'll go talk to the escorts. And they're like kind of 
bickering back and forth about who's going to go. And then Corey's like, no, actually, I'll go talk to the escorts. Yeah. Are there any men who aren't just dogs? And then Wes gets a page, his contact at the morgue. And so Gunn and Wes go to look at cold bodies instead of the hot bodies they were hoping for. (laughs) (laughs) So Gunn is like, not exactly the kind of bodies I had in mind to see. Yeah. (laughs) And Marcus, or Pangel, rather, stands up and he's like, you know, women are more than just a piece of meat. I'm sorry, but that's just how I feel. And I'm like, shut the fuck no, up. No, you don't. Shut the fuck up. He's <laughs> just trying to win Cordy over. Like, the only honest thing that Marcus says throughout this entire episode is in this scene where he says, when Cordelia says, are there any men who aren't just dogs? And he says, not many, I'm afraid. Right. It's the only honest thing he says. Um. So, yeah. This time, they all fuck off, but this time leaving Pangel in the lurch. Yep. Thinking that they're leaving Angel. Cut to the retirement home lobby. Yep, where Mangel Mangel is looking to escape, uh, notices that there's a security guard who stepped away from the door. He's like, oh, this is my chance. But he gets stopped by one of Marcus's friends who's showing off his grandbaby. Mm-hmm. And out oh, the window is closed. The security guard's back by the time the interaction's done. Oopsie do. This is one of those moments where it's like, Angel, you're just a little bit too nice. <laughs> right? Like, well, he, he couldn't just fuck off without the dude oh, yeah. being suspicious and eh, good yelling after him, being like, well, yeah. where the hell are you going? He doesn't want to draw too much attention. Exactly. That's a good point. Exactly. So we're back in Wes's office and Pangel sh- is shredding documents, specifically the ones about the dead guys. Yep. And like, which is kind of stupid because like it's not going to do shit. They re- they're, they're printouts from news articles, right? It's like come on, they're xeroxes already. Yeah, it's you're not going to block any information <laughs> from getting through. To- and then enter Fred. Yeah, um, Pangel smarmadouches his way over to her to feed her an olive super creepily. Yeah. Oh, you must be Fred. And then he uses, Do you like olives? So he uses the same tired old fucking line that he tried on Cordy, except it works this time on Fred. Uh, he tells her to put on something pretty and then they'll go out on the town. I think he uses such a, a shit line to gauge how gullible the person is. I think you're right. I think that's it's just a play. Either that or... Maybe it's a better line than we think, and maybe we should just call women beautiful sometimes, but without being creepy. It's hard to do. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, never mind. Um, <laughs> but when you walk up and you say, have I ever told you how much of a beautiful woman you are? I, it's very heavily dependent on context and how well you know them. I had a recent conversation about this, actually. The key to complimenting a woman is you specifically compliment something that they have control of. Mm. So you compliment them on, oh, I like the style of your clothes. Or, you know, I like... And you specifically yeah. name something that they... like maybe put effort into or did something along the lines of made a choice. That makes sense because just calling somebody a beautiful woman just feels really vague. Right. And therefore kind of cheap. Yeah. It's like, okay, yeah, it's, it's a nice thing to say, but you're not trying very hard. Right. And so like, if you're just complimenting, oh, your face is pretty. 
how most people don't have much control over what their face looks like. And also, they if that's like the first bullshit thing you can think of to say, they yeah. probably hear it a lot. Yep. And it doesn't really mean much. Uh, one that uh, I think is probably fantastic is I love your shoes. Oh, yeah. Nice and shoes. Want to fuck? Be genuine about it. Sure. Don't, come on. What? <laughs> but it's, it's one of the oldest bad pickup lines there are. It is. But like complimenting a, a style choice or something along those lines and be genuine about it. That's how you actually compliment a woman. Good plan. Yeah. I like it. I'm happy to be part of it. <laughs> I'm with Wolfram and Hart. Everybody should have a lawyer like this. Mr. Winters shall never be convicted of any crime, ever. Should you continue to harass our client, we'll be forced to bring her in the light of day. I want that stricken from the record. Unless I'm told it's not all that healthy for you. Enter Lila. Yeah. Uh, she's there to do him a favor, by which she means she's there to do herself a favor. Specifically, she's there to do an anti-favor for Gavin. Yeah, she's there to fuck <laughs> Gavin, which is to do herself a favor. Yeah. And uh, kind of like I predicted, she's giving Angel all of the building code certifications that he needs yep. to thwart Gavin's nonsense. And uh, she brings up the stuff about, oh, you know, things with Cordelia. That business with Cordelia was just business. And, and Pangel, of course, is like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You know, which... Um, because Marcus doesn't have a clue about what would have sent Angel into a murderous rage right. at the mere mention of, because Angel made it very abundantly clear yeah. that that was not business, that was severely personal, and Lila can eat his whole ass directly out of the can. Well, and like, if this were actually Angel, he would have been like, I don't even want to hear Cordy's name come out of your fucking mouth. Right? <laughs> yeah. Um, he'd have had her pinned to the desk for an entirely different yeah. reason. <laughs> which we haven't gotten to yet, because nope. Pangel pours a couple of martinis and uses that tired-ass old line, have I ever told you you're a very beautiful woman? And uh, it kind of works on her, too. It it actually kind of works on Lila. She's like, I can stay for a drink. At the very least, I think Lila is probably mostly thinking, whatever, have an angel on my good side can't be a bad thing. Right. Um, uh, she's definitely reading it as he's appreciative of what she did for him. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then we cut to the retirement home. But first, I, I had in my notes here, I wanted to ask, do you think Marcus is the original owner of Marcus's body? I'm pretty sure I... I have a solid yes. answer to this. Yeah. I, I believe he is solely because the biggest reason why he likes Angel's body is because it can't die. Yeah. And I, it's never explicitly explained, but it, I think the effects of the spell make the body that he, he's taken die faster. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I was wondering, maybe Marcus's soul has long since been you know, yanked out of his body and maybe the spell used to be better and you could live longer in a body and maybe. he got so old that he needed to start leaping to new bodies, um, but he can't get the spell right or something because something went wrong. I don't know. It's Cause, well, because I was wondering, why is he back in Marcus's body? It must be because his soul jumps back 
to his right. original body. Well, whenever his host dies in the in the scene in the beginning of the episode, uh, when he's in that dude's body and he like grunts in pain, he then recites the same spell to return his soul back to his original body. Oh, yeah. And that's when the body deflates. That's when the body melts. Okay. Um, And yeah, now that you mention it, and the only way for him to keep Angel's body would be to kill his own body so that the soul can't return to it. Okay, never mind. So question answered. I was pretty sure I knew the answer. Just wanted to bring it up real quick. Uh, Nobody can say that we didn't discuss it. Yeah. Uh, This scene... Basically, Angel's sneaking around. Sorry, Mangel's sneaking around. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's attempting an escape. He pulls a fire alarm. He's he's about to head out the door, and then he has a heart attack and collapses. Oops. Well, fuck. Yeah. That's... And I like how he's, he's surprised because he realizes in that moment he has a beating heart. <laughs> yeah. And it's not so much of like, oh, my God, I'm having a heart attack, but I have a heart. I'm alive. It's also just kind of sad to see Angel be held back by such bullshit things. By a meat bag? By a meat bag (laughs) and by a bunch of other meat bags with very low security. Yeah. Yeah. So back to Wesley's office. And as Lila tries to slink off a a bit drunk now, Angel uh, playfully blocks her with his foot. And she stops a little bit confused, and she's like, what do you want? And he's being all playfully coy, and he's, he's like, you. Don't tell me you never thought about it. And it turns out dirty old Lila has, in fact, thought about it, because it yeah. doesn't take much coaxing. No, it and really doesn't. And they are just ripping each other's clothes off. I think this is a nod towards the idea of a thin line between love and hate. Right. And they're shoving everything off the desk. Great timing, for Fred Ugh. in a now very pretty dress, uh, yeah, like to she uh, went all out to walk in and have the most broken-hearted look on her face. Yeah, I don't know, maybe ever. Close, <laughs> it's ranked up there. That's for damn sure. It's pretty fucking high on the list. Yeah, she and she runs off, and she yeah she fucks <laughs> off promptly. Um, you know, only taking just enough time to have a solid horrifying memory she get, she she's there long enough to have an entire eyeful mm-hmm. and she she fills up her eyes and then runs off with it so she can cry it all out yeah and then she closes the door behind her yeah she leaves behind some snickers wrappers <laughs> um <laughs> pangel vamps out and bites lila commercial yeah. break and we're back and she fights him off and holds up a cross he's like Hey, I'm sorry. You know, it just seemed like the thing to do at the time. I got a little carried away. And she holds out a cross and he's like, what the fuck? Are you are you some kind of born again Christian now? What's, I did like that line. Yeah, that was kind of clever. Because he, he legitimately doesn't know what's going on. This right. is the second honest thing he's said. And he's also confused. Like, you can tell he's a bit confused at the the effect the, the cross is having on him. Yeah. And Lila's all like, what the fuck, bro? I don't know what kind of sick game you're playing, but you're never going to get this close to me ever again. And I'm like, oh, they could have been so happy together. Like, come on. <laughs> I am. A, She's not that dumb. I am totally shipping Angel and Lila from here on out. <laughs> Actual Angel and Lila, not Pangel. Well, he wouldn't have any trouble with his his curse. 
because obviously he's not going to fall in love with Lila. I don't think he'd ever be terribly uh, super into that. No. So it'd be just fine. And, you know. It'd work out. Yeah, exactly. Just like, And he would have so much more brooding to get to do. Yeah. So just like him and Darla getting back yeah. together, it didn't make him lose his soul because he wasn't actually happy with her. Yeah. That's perfect. It's great. I mean, and maybe whoever, maybe you just need a you need a brunette in your life, man. <laughs> <laughs> whoever really finds a perfectly happy relationship, what were the odds, honestly, of him and Buffy? He felt a moment of perfect contentment. Yeah, but it was after the sex. It was. It wasn't during. It, that's one of those things that gets glossed over constantly afterwards by the writers. Bothered. Yeah. Like, a lot by Cordy specifically. Right? Like so, calling him a eunuch. It's like, no. She's pretty fucking brutal in, she a, is. in a few places just in this episode. Yeah. Um, like, we'll come back in a moment, but she basically calls Buffy a fucking skank or something. Right. Or a cheap blonde. Yeah. I'm like, come on. We'll come back to that. Uh, Lila fucks off, and oh, then right, yeah. Pangel notices that his face is all bumpy. <laughs> what? And he accidentally punctures his thumb with his fang, and then runs to the mirror. And realizes there's no him in the mirror. He can't see himself. And he's like, what the hell? But I'll I'll take your question and turn it back around on you. If he hasn't noticed until now that he couldn't see himself in the mirror, how the fuck did he know where that mirror was? That's also a very good fucking question. <laughs> yeah. Because he's been here for like a well, day at least. I can, I can very much imagine that it would be very easy to miss that you don't have a reflection. Because you don't notice what a mirror is till you see a reflection in it. Like a mirror could just look like a window, you know? Maybe. And like he probably hasn't needed to go to the bathroom because he's a vampire. And he wouldn't notice. And so like more than likely there hasn't really been... And you know, they don't keep a fuck ton of mirrors all over the goddamn place in the hotel. He's going to need to go to the bathroom after that burrito. Yeah, right. <laughs> Either that or Angel's just going to have some burrito in his guts for a while. A long while. I wonder how that works. That's not the first time this has come no. up. No. <laughs> but yeah, I think a valid fucking uh, extra point. How the fuck did he know where the mirror was? Yep. So we're back at the retirement home now. And Ryan is a smarmy cunt. And I kind of don't blame Marcus for wanting to escape. Also, because this is where he wakes up in bed and he's got an IV drip in and he's like, hey, that's your fourth heart attack. You're probably not going to survive a fifth. But also, like, how much of a prick has Marcus been to this guy? So, like, you know, he's not doing it to Ryan. Right. As far as Ryan knows, this is a sick person. But. I'm talking about during the times when Marcus is in his own body, how much of a dick to Ryan is he? Because he's a fucking dick. Marcus is a fucking dick. Okay, <laughs> so that's like, a good point. So I, I would, I would argue that Ryan might not be that bad of a guy. Just Marcus is, and Ryan's just waiting for for Marcus to die. Because like. I, there's some residents at my work where like I'm I do good customer service and everything with them but I don't particularly like them. Sure. And so like I'm not like overly fucking nice to them or anything. Okay, but regardless of all of that, Ryan's not a fucking doctor. Why is he the one that's there when Marcus wakes up giving him right? his news about the fucking heart also, attack? Also, why isn't he in the fucking hospital? Exactly. 
thank you very much. Because they didn't want to fucking change shooting right. locations. No, and this is unquestionably one of the lower budget episodes. <laughs> Seems like it. <laughs> so, there's still a place in this world for traditional research. Even a solitary soldier such as myself recognizes that a free exchange of intelligence benefits the common struggle. Also, I brought in your mail and newspaper. And now we're back at the Hyperion. Cordy comes in shaming sex workers flamboyantly. Yeah. I blame the writers. I, too, blame the writers. And um, also the Times. Like. Yeah. More so the Times. Because, whatever. This is just thinly veiled misogyny yep. um, of Joss Whedon at this point. Uh, that being said, Pretty Woman was not a very realistic movie about sex workers. No. No, it was not. Not at all. Yeah, because she makes a joke about it being skanky woman or something. She says, if Julia Roberts ever wants to make a, a realistic movie about uh, being a prostitute, they should call it Pretty Skanky Woman. Ah, there you uh, go. hey It's not that funny, even. No, it's not. So Cordelia finds Fred crying in the elevator. And she's berating herself for not knocking. And she's like, I was in yeah. a cave. I didn't have a door for so long. I don't know why I didn't knock. And Cordelia, It's not like the door was closed, Fred. There was, Yeah, the door was not closed. <laughs> I didn't, I, there must have been a door. But anyway, Cordelia misunderstands and thinks that Fred is crying because Angel had the talk with her. <laughs> and she takes the blame for telling him to do that. And Fred's like, you told him to make out with that woman on the desk? Wait, what? <laughs> no. That doesn't sound like something I would ask him at all. <laughs> so, yeah, something's up, and they, they actually resolved that misunderstanding relatively quickly, thank God. Yeah. And now we cut to a club somewhere. Yeah, and I want to just give a, a quick fun nod to the the subtitles file that I had for this episode, because it there were a number of times where it just was hilarious and this moment it cracked me up because it calls this disco music oh god okay <laughs> and it's your cla your classic electronica club well you know. he was wearing the modern equivalent of disco clothing well yeah he's wearing fucking leather pants and a ruffled uh dress shirt but it's it's your very basic club house electronic yeah. music like it's not it's not fucking disco yeah. <laughs> it just cracked me up because the there were a few times when the subtitles just were funny. That's funny. But he seduces a woman pretty quickly to make yeah. out with him outside. Her boyfriend comes looking for her just as uh, Pain Joel vamps out and bites her. Yeah. And then he kicks their asses and leaps over the balcony going, whoop, 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 whoop. This was the moment that the subtitles really cracked me up because as he's running off, the subtitle says, fake angel giggles. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck off. That's fun. So um, they were all like, man, what are you on? And he's like, I don't know. Not life because I'm dead, which means I'll never die. Hooray. I'm going to be handsome and strong forever. Forever. And so we cut back to the Hyperion and Cordelia yes. West and Gunn. Uh, and Fred are all looking at the desk with all the shit fl yeah. flung off of it. Wes is like, on my desk? Gun quips <laughs> that Angel was reclaiming the desk. 
<laughs> and he's like, how? By marking it? <laughs> and Wes thinks this behavior isn't like Angel at all. Cordelia disagrees and accuses him of hooking up with cheap blondes. And Never mind that she knows that Buffy is dead. Right. Or thinks at least at this yeah. point that Buffy is dead. My favorite part here, though, is like, Fred's like, no, it was a cheap brunette. And <laughs> Cordy's like, no, you're right. Something's wrong with him. Something's definitely wrong. <laughs> so. He uh, does have a thing for blondes. Now, I will say to that, Lila may be evil, but she is not cheap. No. I bet her no. salary is gigantic. Yeah. Uh, and, and also, <laughs> just as a person, again, she may be evil, but she's not cheap. No, she's not. And if she did go blonde, she would probably pay out the ass at a very respectable place to go blonde. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. Couple of thousand dollars at least. That is not a woman who dyes her hair in her bathroom. Right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so Cordelia now agrees that it's definitely not like Angel. They wonder who the woman was, and Wesley points out that's not important, but rather who is Angel. Cordelia thinks he's Angelus now, and Wesley disagrees. Wesley notices he's been notices he's been reading about vampires. Yeah. Would he need to read about vampires if he were Angelus? No. No. And God, Angel or Wes is really good at this whole investigation thing. He really is. Good for him. And uh he brings up that all three of the men who died all exhibited wild uncharacteristic behavior beforehand. Aha. So now Gunn is guessing that whatever got into them got into Angel. And uh maybe and so they try and trace it back. They're like Cordelia after guns like whatever got into them got into Angel and I like Wes says not whatever whomever <laughs> with an M yes um. yes because yeah. he's British and they turn to Cordelia who thinks it well I mean whom is proper grammar in some cases you don't have to be British but you have to you do have to be British however to use it yes <laughs> <laughs> correctly and so they turn to Cordelia who thinks it back and realizes that she wasn't with him for a few minutes when he went to the retirement yeah. home ah so now we cut back to the retirement home where Mangel's wandering around yep he's trying to escape again I mean persistence that's good. And the same old man from earlier is admiring Marcus for not for. He's like, you just don't quit. You're still trying to get out of here. He's like, well, but you you won't have to now, Marcus, because I just saw your kid check in a minute ago. And he's like, my kid. Fuck. <laughs> we all know he doesn't have a kid. He's too much of an asshole. Well, well and, you know, Angel doesn't know. All right. I yeah. So he turns to see Pangel talking to Ryan. Yes. And Pangel turns and says, "Hi, Dad." It's a pretty, it's a pretty good smarmy look. Yeah, yeah. Well, Angel's, I mean, David Boreanaz is a pretty good actor. Yeah. So Mangel uh, just backs away slowly, and I'm like, "You think he can't chase you? Whatever." You. It's not like, <laughs> it's not like he doesn't know exactly what his physical capabilities are. Exactly. <laughs> and uh, but he actually, I guess, gets far enough ahead. Because um, now Marcus Angel Pangel is following and uh, doing his evil little fucking meandering through the, the retirement home. And Mangel gets the drop on Pangel uh, when he comes into the bedroom. And no, he it was like a rec room. 
Oh, so okay. He's in a different room anyway. He tries to whack him with a broom, but it doesn't do much. Yeah. Uh, they exchange a short but sweep quip session. Yeah, I like how Marcus accuses him of being the worst vampire. Right. You're supposed to kill people, not save people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, you didn't know what you had. You were a terrible vampire. And Angel's response is, you know what I have that you don't? Friends. Friends. <laughs> Super friends. We have the power of friendship. <laughs> Aw. Fucking hell. So... And then his friends show up, and they kick his yeah. ass. And Cordelia gets him down with a taser. Uh, Fred takes an extra whack at Pangel's head in retaliation for snogging Lila. Mangel's all, damn it, Fred, he's out. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to feel that later. What's that shit about? And he has no idea what's been going right, on. Exactly. Him and Wes talk about the spell. Uh, Wes goes off to get the urn. Wes is like, I was right. It was an Algerian body switching spell, at which he confirms. And he knows this now when uh, Mangel confirms that there was a glowing orb of some kind on a shrine in his room. Jeez. So they tie up Pangel. They tell Mangel to read some words on a sheet of paper. And it's the same words we heard twice earlier. Yep. Ali permitat anima kemoda. And I swear to God, if we switch bodies right now, I'm going to be so pissed. <laughs> I don't think we well we don't have one of those urns. Oh, you're right. Okay. Whew. Yeah. <laughs> Xander, don't read the Latin out loud. <laughs> Why is it bad? No, it's just tacky. <laughs> uh so they they uh, yeah, do they, the soul switchy shit. They, they switch back. Um basically Angel's like, you know, you're you have a weak heart because you don't use it and they all, you know, do their essentially movie exit, mm-hmm. strutting out, and Marcus starts having a heart attack. They walk by Paul, and Paul's like, what's going on? He's like, oh, dad's having a bad night, and they <laughs> they don't care. I mean, Ryan. Or, yeah, they walk by Ryan. Call them Paul. I don't know why. They walk by Ryan, and Angel's like, yeah, ba- dad's having a bad night, and they don't care. Let him die. He kind of deserves it. Yep, and it's it's a good thing that he didn't really have any vested interest in pretending to be a good son right. to Marcus. Right. He's just like, Dad's having a bad night. I'm out. Peace. Yep. <laughs> Fuck off. Bye, Dad. <laughs> just um, showed up to make sure I'm still on the will. Exactly. <laughs> just needed to forge a few things. I mean, <laughs> just needed to slip him a pill. I mean... Um, <laughs> just needed to switch uh, up his heart meds with rat poison. I mean, oh, you get it. We, you know how it is, Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I know, I know. I'd expect nothing less from that man's brood. <laughs> so, uh, come back to the Hyperion. Yes. Angel finally sits down to have that talk with Fred, only it's kind of pointless because Cordy already did it. Yeah. She assumed that Angel would just mess it up, and Angel's like, yeah, she's probably right. Pretty much. And yeah, she's probably right. <laughs> and because Fred is like, is this about how you're not like other men? What with that curse and all, and how you're really fond of me, but that's as far as it goes. And Angel's like, yeah that is an excellent question i'm so glad you asked me that and the answer is yes yes 
<laughs> you don't get to answer. Sorry. Whatever. Um, Fred says Cordelia explained it to her and that he'd probably screwed up anyway. You already said that. Angel seems offended at first, but then reluctantly agrees with Cordelia with Cordelia's supposition that he'd fuck it up. Uh, Fred brokenheartedly waxes philosophical about how it's just like something out of Fitzgerald. The man who can have everything but love, but isn't love really everything. Uh, maybe it's better, better though, to avoid heartache and disappointment, she supposes. Yeah. But then they're interrupted by Cordelia excitedly running in to announce that Buffy is, in fact, alive. She's alive! She's alive! <laughs> She's alive! And Fred sits there a little confused as Angel runs the fuck out immediately. And she's like, Buffy? And I don't understand what she's confused about. She knows very little about Buffy at this point, I think. Yeah. Unless, unless you know, she's had any conversations with Cordy. Unless she's just like, how could she be alive? We thought she was dead. I yeah. guess that's pretty I confusing. I thought she was dead. <laughs> yeah. Um, and what I'm confused about is Cordelia calling Buffy a cheap blonde, knowing that she was dead. But yeah, now she's super excited. Little, that seems a little uh, uncouth. Uncouth, yeah. Like, yeah. even for Cordelia, especially since she's come so far. Yeah. Like, that's an old Cordelia line right yeah. there. Yeah. Whatever. Gerarg. Gerarg. Is this for me? I must be ready. I need my strength, strength. Give, give, give me more! Nights, I shall give, walk in Hold on. You've got something here. I wanted to mention, by the way, um, the reunion that happens between this episode and the next uh it basically happens un unviewed between the previous episode of Buffy, this episode, and yeah, the next two. Buffy at last um, Buffy episode ended right. with her running off to see Angel. So the writer of this episode was also the writer of Flooded. Okay. And specifically, she wrote a comic book called Reunion. Oh. That is the reunion between Buffy and Angel that happens between these episodes. Oh, I think we should do a special episode, Rex. That, if we can find it. I think we can find it. Hey, tell you what, if you know where to find this uh, comic book, give us a call yeah. at 269-743-0783 or email us or post a link on our social media. Yeah, because uh, I think that would be pretty cool. That would be neat. And this would be the perfect timing to talk about it. Yeah. While we're all fresh. Yeah. This would be a great time to talk about that. I would love to do that. Great. I'm glad we're both on board yeah. with that. This is an excellent plan. I'm happy to be a part of it. <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm just... One of my coworkers quoted that from uh, Ghostbusters a couple weeks ago, and now I just say it all the time. And I work with a Ghostbuster on a pretty regular basis. <laughs> you do. <laughs> yeah. Um, I got to ride in it the other night. Oh, he cool. He gave me a lift home. Nice. Yeah. It is filled with Ghostbuster shit on the inside, too. It better be. <laughs> it fucking better be. There better be a plush of um, Slimer, Slimer seat covers. Seat covers. Slimer seat okay. covers and a Slimer cover for the, the seat belt. Man, that guy went all the fuck oh, it's, out. It is. It is, in fact, all the fuck out. I want to do that with a Jurassic Park car someday a, a not a jeep but a um 
Ford Explorer. Explorer, yeah. yeah. I wanted almost said Ford Ranger, but obviously not. An Explorer. The problem would be is, you know, it's a Ford Explorer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're not great cars. Boy, would I be pissed if I started having engine problems. <laughs> They're shit cars. Mm. My, my stepmom has a Ford Explorer, and it has been nothing but a money sink. Well, you know what? That makes me feel a lot better about the fact that I'll probably never be able to afford or have the skills to do that. Yeah. So here we are. How'd you feel about the episode, Rex? I actually rather enjoyed it. Like... I it surprised me that I enjoyed it because it's you know it's kind of a nothing episode, a little bit. Um, it's very obviously sort of a filler monster of the week sort of setup. Yeah, but it was actually a little bit entertaining in ways that I did not anticipate. It um, had its moments, sure. Like I I knew it was coming, but I and I was thinking, oh fuck this episode. But it, I enjoyed it more than I thought. Yeah. Um, not really any good character development for Gunn or Wesley or no. Cordelia. Not even really any character moments for uh, Wesley and Gunn. Like, yeah. They were, they were footnotes at best. Wesley, though, just that one shot where he slowly sits up straight. Right. Like, oh, this is this is a Angel- conversation I'm going to need to take seriously. Yeah. He's like, <laughs> what the flapping fuck is going Like, he... He's almost about to try and be supportive. He's like, "Oh, Angel's going through something. Oh, I need right. to, I need to help him as a friend." <laughs> and then he's just like, "What the fuck?" Uh, it was there was a great moment. Uh, just some good physical acting from Wesley. But uh, no, I'd say really the only good character development that happened here was Fred. Yeah, watching her go through this painful realization that her savior is not somebody that she can really stay latched onto that her it is not a healthy attachment right. and even if it was it's, it wouldn't work anyway exactly and that's it's sad it i is, think that was easily sad. the most moving thing throughout the episode the the monster of the week shtick you know freaky friday it's been done a dozen yeah. times yeah whatever and i did like i liked this the kind of setup for it and i liked that it wasn't there was no redemption for him. Like, he just was a, a shitbag. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's that's the moral of the story. Fuck old people. <laughs> Let them die in their own filth of a heart attack. Well, I, I think the moral of the story is, like, old people can be shit people. Well, and like I've met a few. <laughs> you don't have to tell like, me. I was a, um, a home health aide for a bit, and I had a couple of just the worst patients that I had to work with. Um, yeah. they were manipulative, verbally abusive. Like, and you could tell it wasn't just because they were old and miserable, right? They were the, they were just that was shitty just, people become shitty just old. The people. kind of people they were. Yeah. I was like, fuck you. Yeah. And there there are plenty of them. I know a few right now. <laughs> I believe it. I believe it. But no, I like I was actually pleasantly surprised by this episode. Keep that in mind. It or keep it in mind that like I was pleasantly surprised by this episode because it didn't set anything up that it was gonna be anything more than it was. Yeah. If it had started off where it was like trying to be something more than it was, I'd have been like, no, fuck that. This, mm-hmm. is, this wasn't that good. Um, I'm curious to see where they're going with Gavin 
Like that yeah. is something they're spreading out over multiple episodes. And, and I didn't recall that that was a thing. And we're not really getting anywhere with it yet. So I'm, it do, it is piquing my interest there. I'll give it that. A little bit, yeah. Um, and we still have yet for Darla to come back after being I was pregnant. actually a little surprised they didn't have anything with that. Yeah, they're, uh, they're holding their wad on that. They've put, they've put a little snippet of that in almost every episode this season, I think. A couple anyway. Yeah. Two of them, I think. And we're, this is episode four, yeah. so that's um, half. Yeah. So do you have a quarter of the day? Oh, I don't know <laughs> that I do. Do you have one? Let me look for mine. Yeah, I, I think I do have one. I'm going to go with the, the exchange about Angel being a eunuch. Okay. Uh, specifically after Cordy calls him a eunuch, he's like, hey, how can you? I'm not a eunuch. Angel, it's just a figure of speech. Find a better one. And he's just <laughs> so offended. Right. But he's kind of a eunuch. <laughs> Figuratively, yeah. Yeah. What's your quote of the day? My quote of the day. Um, so uh, I'm going to go with a line that was very close to that line chronologically. Uh, it's when Fred is in the office with him, is in the office with Wesley uh, after their quote-unquote date. And Fred is like, you know that awkward kind of quiet? Long pause. <laughs> no, that's that's never happened to me. <laughs> Bullshit, Wesley, we've seen it. It literally just happened to you, Wesley, <laughs> just now. Uh, but he was being sarcastic. It, yeah. it, was, it was really good delivery. And really well, uh, really the well done moment. I also want to give props to the fact that the awkward pause was not too long. Oh, it's brilliantly timed. Like, you know, the, that's those one of the best things about the Buffy verse yeah. is their comedic timing. Like, you know, those moments where they, they're like, oh, we're going to do a funny thing about an awkward pause, and it's awkwardly awkward and too awkward to make the joke work. Yep. Yeah, I yeah. do. <laughs> I've seen a lot of bad comedic timing. Yeah. If you ever saw the movie Master of Disguises, the reason oh, that God. movie yeah, doesn't that movie work. Is so bad. The reason that movie doesn't work is because there's no sense of comedic timing. A lot of those yeah. jokes could have been funny, could have been, but weren't because there was it was just so horribly executed. And what what a fucking travesty for that to be the movie he comes back to. You know? Oh, yeah. Dead on arrival, that career. Yeah. Or that comeback. That was supposed to be a comeback? Yeah, that was supposed to be a comeback. Oof. Yeah. A slip and fall. Yeah. <laughs> what are you going to do? Swing and a miss. Swing and a miss. <laughs> uh, whatever. Hey, guys, this has been another episode of Ale with Angel. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter. Like us on Facebook. If you want to buy some of our merchandise, you can head on over to www.beerwithbuffy.com slash shop. We have t-shirts, mugs, hoodies, and a bunch of other shit. If you want to support us uh, financially without buying some clutter for your house, you can go to patreon.com slash beerwithbuffy and just give us your money. We have a couple of uh, perks that you can get there. Don't forget to review us on iTunes. That's one of the most helpful things you can do for us. It uh, boosts our algorithm. And also, and once we get to 75 reviews, I believe currently we're at 64, we will do another hoodie giveaway. Some, somebody who has written us a written review on iTunes will receive a hoodie from us for free. All you have to do is uh, be able to prove that it was you who wrote that review. 
Uh, if you ever have any questions, comments, or concerns, you can email us at beerwithbuffy at gmail.com, or you can leave us a voicemail or text us at 269-743-0783. Big shout out, as always, to JJ Treadway for all of our opening, closing, and uh, transitional music. This has been Ale with Angel. I'm Josh. I'm Rex. Have a good night. Keanu Speed, Rex. Reeves be with you. done why are we watching this <laughs>